When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. At center ice, it's Connor McDavid. He's got Darrell Walker, and he's got some room down the sidelines. McDavid to Everly, dishes off. What time? To the 30, 20, 10, 5. Score! Touchdown, Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Everybody say it with me. The Edmonton Oilers are first overall. They'll be back at it Wednesday night against the Washington Capitals. If that sounds unusual, here's another one for you. The Edmonton Eskimos will likely be in the East Division playoffs. We will discuss both those topics tonight, plus a crazy game for the U of A football team. Oh, how about, here's here's another thing we rarely get to say. Well, as a matter of fact, never, and mean it in my lifetime, the Chicago Cubs are in the World Series. What is this, bizarro night? What's next? Donald Trump's going to show up and want to debate me? You know, Reed, you're an awful human being. You know it. Everybody knows it. You're an awful human being, and nobody wants you to be the host. That's why I should be the next host of Inside Sports. So just sit there, watch your little Star Wars movies or whatever it is that you're into, and let me do the show. How are you doing, everybody? It is 6.07. It's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins, always willing to hear from you, of course. 780-496-0063. You can text 6.30-6.30. Get me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins. The email, Inside Sports at 630ched.com. We're going to have some fun tonight. I am with you until 8, and then Morley Scott has the Eskimo show from 8 to 9. And as of course, you have probably heard by now that for the second time in the two weeks of the NHL season, an Edmonton Oiler is the first star of the week, and this time it is goaltender Cam Talbot. Here's Wheeler, centering pass, wrist shot to save Talbot. That was a tremendous stop. Centering pass, backhander Yaskin denied by Talbot with a left pad. That was a good pass and a great save by Cam Talbot. Eight seconds to play. Oilers still up a goal. Flipped out in front. A shot blocked. Rebound saved by Talbot. What a glove stop with 1.6 to go. He took away the equalizer and keeps it 3-2. A little save montage from Mr. Talbot over the last week where he went 3-0 where he had a 1.00 goals against average, where he had a shutout, and he had a save percentage of 970. Cam Talbot will have rough games this season, like he did eight days ago against the Buffalo Sabres, like he did a couple times last year. But I think we are starting to see that this is a guy, and I think this has been very important in the type of player slash human being that Peter Shirley has tried to add to the roster 
guys that can bounce back from bad performances and who can deal with it, who can deal with the bad stuff that will inevitably happen over the course of a long season. And I think Talbot has really started to figure out how to beat a number one goalie. And uh, look, I'm going to be super nerdy here and borrow a line from Batman Begins. What did Bruce Wayne's dad say to him? Hey, Bruce, it's not how you fall. It's how you get up. And Cam Talbot has proven that he knows how to get up, and he's been able to do it quickly. So good sign there from Talbot. And look, I keep playing them. The Eskimos or the Oilers play Wednesday. They play Friday. They play Sunday. They play next Tuesday and Thursday. Then they have back-to-back games. I would I would give them the next five or six starts and then put Gustafson in in a back-to-back. Why not? That's why you have Talbot here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, people have been saying he's going to start 50 to 55 games this year. I've always said that's low. He's starting 60 to 65, and he, he can clearly handle it, and he can clearly put the bad games behind him and come back in five form. Jeremy from Glendon says, Hey, Reed, can we have a Yakupov 15-goal countdown? Good on Cam Talbot for bouncing back and having three great starts this week. Well-deserved first star. The Eskimos' road to the Grey Cup got easier with the loss to the Lions. No one is beating Calgary. That is Jeremy from Glendon. Touching on a few different topics there. Uh, what's Yakupov up to? Is he at three now? Did he score again the other night? Did he score against the uh, the Flames, or did he get an assist? I can't even remember. I oh, saw it was just an assist. I saw, a, I saw a highlight of him doing something. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Talbot, obviously, I uh, agree with that. Uh, well, I'll talk a little bit more of the Eskimos later. I will say, I'm not of the mind that it's a much easier road going through the East, because you still have to win two road games, and... Let's remember something here, folks. The Eskimos' combined record against Ottawa and Hamilton, 0-3. They play Hamilton on Friday. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 pregame show, 5 o'clock kickoff. Part of a great doubleheader here on this station because after the Eskimos game, we'll go to the Oilers and the Canucks. But, uh, yeah. Oilers 5-1. Last time they were 5-1 was the fall of 1985. They actually started 5-0 and then lost their sixth game of the season. But a very professional effort yesterday against the Jets. Wheeler tries to sneak across. Size pass broken up by Latesto. He's got a short-handed breakaway. Left to right across the blue line between circles. Wrist shot score! And Edmonton strikes first short-handed. It's Mark Latestu with the goal. His second of the year. His second short-handed goal. High slot. Waiting his Enstrom. Jittery. Gave it back to Connor. He turned it over. And now Cassian will push ahead. It's a two-on-one with Nurse coming out of the box. McDavid to Nurse. One-timer score! Two-nothing Edmonton. Darnell Nurse with a goal set up by Connor McDavid. Finally, a giveaway. Nugent Hopkins has it tapped. Pouliot, quick shot, score! Zach Cassian, top right corner. Three-nothing Edmonton. Three goals in less than eight minutes for the Oilers after, let's face it, a shaky first period, but the goaltender held them in, and uh, then they were clearly the better team over the final 40 minutes. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. 780-496-0063. Hello, Chris. Hey, holy cow, we're 5-1. and one. That's amazing. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought that would have happened uh, to start the season, but uh, it's just great. It just shows uh, how uh, much improved we actually are. It's, uh, like I said, it's amazing. 
um, there's a radio station I listened to in the morning, and uh, the only comment I didn't like was uh, he was comparing uh, how much better Connor was to everybody else on the on the team, and basically calling Connor like a tuxedo, and then everybody else on the team is just you know regular jeans and a shirt, you know. And it's kind of unfair to uh, to say that because Connor is just so much better than a lot of the players in the league, not just on the Oilers, and he just makes us that much better. And it was, I, I was happy to see how excited he was that Darnell scored. That was, like, phenomenal. He, if you if you listen to the replay, you hear him literally screaming when Darnell scores, which is just kind of amazing. have a true leader and how close they seem to be, which is really good. That's what we need. Um, and and what's what the other thing that's amazing is you know the top line is scoring that's that's a given. But the second line really is that they're they're slow right now. So I can only imagine what's going to happen and how much better we're going to be when they actually start scoring. Because uh, right now we're getting secondary scoring from Latestu and and Cassian and, and and that's great. And uh, you know let's keep it rolling. A big test uh, is going to happen uh, against uh, Washington because I think. Uh, we played them last year uh, once or twice. One time they kind of, I believe, they outshot us. It was like 50 to something or some crazy number. And I think they beat us pretty badly too. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. And if we win on Wednesday, man, it's going to be crazy in Edmonton. I wish I was there. Love I, the show and uh, let's go Oilers. I wish you were here too, Chris. Thanks a lot for calling. It's interesting you commented on Connor McDavid, the reaction when Nurse scored. And I, I have to say I love watching McDavid's reaction when he scores or the Oilers score. And he's he's... I mean, he leads the league in scoring. He has nine points in six games. He's going to lead the Oilers in scoring. He's going to get a ton of points. But he had, like, I love the intensity you see from McDavid when he gets a goal or the Oilers get a goal. And he looks like a guy who believed he was never going to score again. Like, I think he's just so hungry to get goals and be successful. And when he does score, it's like this combination of joy and, and relief and desire to do it again. You can text 63630. Anthony says, how much of the Oilers' 5-1 and one start has to do with the fact that teams uh, haven't learned how to play against us yet? Yet. I, well, I don't know, Anthony. I, I guess my question would be, how 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 do you how do you play against the Oilers? Um, I mean, if if I, I don't really understand your theory, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, I, I'd love you to expand on it. Um, apparently, I mean, to, to me, you're suggesting that there's a way to beat the Oilers that other teams aren't executing. Uh, and I mean, every team has their weaknesses. I'm not suggesting well, they're five and one, so they're unbeatable. Um, but what what is it that is apparently such a glaring Achilles heel, Achilles heel, that other teams are just going to f- magically figure it out and then beat the Oilers? I mean, that's the that's the process of the whole season: is teams trying to figure each other out, who can adapt, and who can have the diversity on their roster to win games in a variety of different ways. We have Elvis on the line. Hey, Elvis. Hey, Reed. Hello. What a week! Hey, are you there, buddy? I'm here. Go ahead. Yeah. What? What? What a! What a! What a fantastic week! What a change from uh, uh, the Buffalo doom and gloom night to what's going on now. And uh, I just want to say, like, I mean, there's a young fellow named uh, Drake Kajula that I think, when healthy, will probably find his way into this lineup. And I don't know about you, but do you, do you think they move Drysaddle up on the second line, or what do they do? 
I think that that is uh, quite possible to give a little, because I think they like having Dreisaitl on the right wing. Now, this is making the assumption that there aren't any more injuries along the way. Uh, I think when Hendricks is healthy, he will probably get back in, and maybe Slepeshev and or Pugliarvi will go to the minors. Um, but I think they want to give Kajula a shot. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Dreisaitl went to the wing when that happened because then you could probably move Cassian back down to be with Latestu and, and Pitlick slash Hendricks, right? Um, you could have uh, – who am I missing here? You could have Maroon with Kajula. Well, and maybe you could put Pitlick there, and then you could have Pouliot. Am I missing a winger? You'd have Pouliot. You're missing Cassian. Well, I've, okay, so Cassian would go down – to where, well, I know I'm missing Lander as well, right? Yeah. So you yeah. could have, so right, so if if uh, if Leon moved up, and then Kajula went into that that spot, then maybe you could have um, Slepeshev on that line, and then you could have Pitlick, Lander, and Hendricks rotating as the wingers with Latestu as the center. I think I got everybody in there, and then maybe Pugliarvi goes down. Absolutely. So the biggest the biggest thing that but I li- I'm listening to a lot of people calling in and stuff like this. And and if every anybody out there, you know, like it just seems like there's a lot of people that just are boiler haters or want to rain on the parade or whatever. And I'm not saying they're gonna we're gonna have a parade. I just mean the I know what you mean. Yeah. Going on. But the, the the bottom line is the Oilers are gonna have some bad games coming up, guaranteed. There's gonna be more Buffalo games. But it's how you bounce back is the difference compared to the Oilers teams who haven't been able to do it for 10 years. Yes. What I like about McClellan, when he said there was four things he wanted, or not McClellan, when Shirelli said, uh, McClellan said, we need to find an identity. Shirelli said, we need to change three things. We need a goaltender, we need defense, and we need to get bigger. And if you watch those games, when someone hits an Oiler, they're getting hit back. Not by one Oiler, but probably by two Oilers. They're not running away from the hits. When they when someone catches them, when they're, when they're up a goal or two, they know how to hold on to that lead now. They're getting confidence, absolute confidence. And confidence is such a huge thing, Reed. You know that as much as I do. I mean, you look at one of the best chippers in the world ever, Tiger Woods, forgot how to chip. How does, for yeah, lack that's a good confidence. point. How does, how does that happen? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Well, they, they have the ability to play a little bit more of a grinding game, and we still got to see how it stacks up against, you know, they, they've only played, uh, what, four out of the, or five out of the other 29 teams because they played Calgary twice. But let, let's see how it goes. I mean, I, you feel like, you're right, you feel like they're not going to go on these long five, six, seven games without a win. So that's, that's the yep. test for sure. Thanks, Elvis. Appreciate it, buddy. Have a great night. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Justin is up next at six twenty. It's Inside Sports on six thirty. Chad. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. All right. Before I bring Justin in, I just want to get to Anthony because he wrote back because I had a question about his his comment so he wrote back and explained it a little more he says do you believe teams are playing the Oilers with their guard down a little bit like how the Oilers took their foot off the gas against Buffalo last week fair question as much as we would like to believe teams treat every opponent the same you know it's human nature sometimes you get more up for other games for some games than others um 
I, I would I would say this, Anthony. I, I think if that had been happening, I don't think it's going to happen anymore because <laughs> these guys look at the standings every day, and the Oilers are started five five and one. So now the teams are going to say, well, hey, let's show this upstart team that maybe they're not that good. And the league does get most guys say the league gets tougher every ten games. Right, the vets start to settle in. Some of the rookies start to figure it out. Lineups become a little more solidified. So, I mean, look, yeah, maybe the Oilers have quickly changed from a free space on the bingo card to now a team that. I mean, look, wouldn't you want to be the team that shut down Connor McDavid? Wouldn't you want to be the team that shut out the Oilers? I mean, they're they're players of the week two weeks in a row, Talbot and McDavid from this team. So, I'm sure the rest of the NHL is taking notice. You heard what Ken Hitchcock said last week or a few days ago about the that they play like the Bruins used to play or still do play when they had or when Shirelli was there. So, uh, I, fair question, but I, but if that was the case with teams, I think that's going to change pretty quick. And there's another thing the Oilers are going to have to figure out. There's another thing that they're going to have to figure out. They're going to be the team wearing a target as opposed to well, there's the team we can play hard for about half an hour and still or for 30 minutes and then get a win. All right, got about two minutes here for Justin on the line. Hello, Justin. Hey there. Um, just out of curiosity, now it's 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 dreaming, but this off season, um, now you know, attracting uh, Milan Lucic and stuff. This this off season, uh, obviously McDavid is is a big name that that's there that attracted him. This off season, uh, big name defensemen, like obviously the defense is a lot better. Um, and obviously, you know, it's better this, this season, but I, we still need a big shot, in my opinion. Like, we need that cannon. Like what we had with Surrey, uh, even even a guy like Vishnowski, a guy who's just kind of above on a different tier when it comes to moving the puck. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So I, I think, I, I'm not sure if I'm 100% right or not, but is Brett Burns uh, a free agent? This, oh, he, this sure, he sure is, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean... You're being greedy already, aren't you, Justin? <laughs> What's that? Is that you're 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 being greedy already? I love it. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. again, there there's the. I mean, look, if if the Oilers do well this year, um, I mean, and I, and again, I think they have a chance to be a decent team. I, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs, but I but I think they can get close. But even if they get in, and you know, they're that's the piece they're missing. Sure, what, would it appeal? to Brett Burns to be on the power play with McDavid, to play in the new rink, and to play with his old coach. I mean, we're getting way ahead of themselves, and the Oilers yeah. might have to get rid of a guy who's making a lot of money for that to happen. But yeah. sure, I don't, I don't. I think you're being quite realistic, frankly. Yeah, I've, I've been dreaming about it, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I know what Burns does statistically. Like, um, his, like, just his blocks, his hits, his shot, time on ice, shutting down pretty much anybody who's on the ice. Well, he's almost a point a game. Right, so. He's almost a point a game from defense. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I saw that last time I looked at the stats. He was leading the league there a couple days ago. And didn't he have 75 last year? Yeah, 70. Well, he was second to Carlson, wasn't he? Right, I think so. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go and yeah. double check. But he had some There's, insane total but he, I think his plus minus was the top five. I mean, if they if they got a guy like that, I mean, we're 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 getting obviously way ahead of yourselves. But I I don't think that you're being unrealistic. And trust me, I no, as you know, when, when, I, when like Lucic was hitting free agency uh, earlier last summer, like half my friends were telling me, you know, there's no way, you know. And I was even pondering the idea halfway through the season. 
when he was playing for Ali, I was like, oh, there's a chance. Like, well, this no Shirelli, and exactly. it's the same story. Yeah. Justin, thanks for calling, buddy. I appreciate you listening. I got a break for the news, okay? Yeah, no problem. But that is Justin, 780-496-0063. A little more of your feedback into the next half hour, and Dave Lomley as well. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Uh, what band is this? Uh, Some 41. Didn't they play at the Heritage Classic? They did. Before the game. They're Canadian, right? I believe so. Where are they from? Off the check. Somebody will text in. Fun little ditty of a song. NHL tonight, Flyers and Canadians, no score early in the second period. Calgary and Chicago about to get underway. Monday night football this evening. It is Houston and Denver. Both teams are 4-2 and two, and no score two minutes in. Game just started. Uh, before I get back to some Oilers stuff, and by the way, don't, I'm not talking a, a whole bunch about the Eskimos tonight, uh, even though I would love to, but Morley Scott has the Eskimo show from 8-9, to nine, so I'm going to save most of that ammunition for him. Like, seriously, so for I was here yesterday. I get in a couple hours before the face-off show, and then during the face-off show, we realize, okay, this game's not going to start on time. And I got to hand it to Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer because they did most of the extending that we had to do. They got Gary Bettman to come in, Bob Nicholson. So waiting for the game, here a little later than usual. So I get home to see the second half of the Seattle-Arizona game. My God! Like six six, and I don't even I don't even mind that it ended in a tie. I just it was it was three three after regulation time. So, uh, Catanzaro misses a twenty four yarder. Hauschka misses a twenty eight yarder. I'm not saying that I could, but I'm guessing seventy percent of our inside sports listeners could make a twenty four yard field goal in the NFL, even not off a tee. That's how much faith I have in the athletic ability of inside sports listeners. <laughs> that, that, was, uh, that was a horrible game. But I watched it because I cheer for the Seahawks, so I was still hoping that they would win. But that, that was sh- just uh, shocking football. I guess I, maybe I should appreciate good defense more, but still. Ajax, Ontario, the home of some 41. Thank you to whoever texted that in, didn't sign a name. Uh, this texture says, I think this is Brad, who says that football game had to be a tie. Neither team deserved to win it. Well, that's a fair point. <laughs> you kind of like, you know what, just leave it as a tie. The Seahawks defense, I mean, they tackled the one receiver on the five and then stuffed them a couple times after that, so that turned out to be pretty big. Brad also texted in, as an Oilers fan living in Calgary, the best part of this great start is enjoying it while the Flames have stunk it out. They're already calling for their coach's head down here. The Edmonton Oilers 5-1, and one, the Calgary Flames 1-4-1, one, and, and playing in Chicago tonight. Wouldn't it be nice if the Oilers were seven points up on the Flames with a game in hand already this early in the season? There's more to it than just finishing ahead of Calgary, but given that Edmonton's been looking up at them for most of the time in recent seasons. Uh, I'm sure that Flames fans are calling for Gullitson's head and all that kind of stuff that goes with the territory. I remember last Halloween doing overtime open line. You, if you don't remember the Halloween game, uh, Michael Froelich from behind the net. 
that'll ring a bell on Cam Talbot. People wanted Shirelli fired for signing Talbot and or they wanted Talbot traded, sent to the minors, blasted into outer space. Things have changed a lot over the course of the year, haven't they? I I think Cam Talbot has hopefully earned some currency with you now where even if he has a bad game, people are like, okay, we understand that that happens and he's coming back. I hope. Uh, this to, Who sent this text in? Well, I think this might be Brad as well. He would say, uh, send Pliarve down to Bakersfield, let him learn the North American game for a while. I think that might happen. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks with uh, injuries and Pliarve's play. I, I, and look, if he goes to the minors, that's I think that's great. If he plays better and stays, that's great. Hopefully, you know, it's a, hopefully it becomes an obvious decision given how the team is doing and how he is doing. And what a nice situation! Now the Oilers won the ultimate draft lottery by getting McDavid, but what a nice situation to say we don't have to throw our highest draft pick immediately into the lineup and expect him to be the best player on the team or one of the best players on the team because that kind of happened with Hall, Nugent Hopkins, and Yakupov. Now it happened with McDavid, who's in a different stratosphere. But can you you imagine the luxury of actually letting um, Pugliarvi develop in the minors for a couple years as opposed to saying, okay, buddy, you're the best right winger. We need 30 goals or we're going to suck. That's nice. Brian says, okay, I got to read this one. Brian says, Reed, how long before the Oilers are like Chicago? Meaning Taves, Kane, and Seabrook command a large part of the salary cap. Once McDavid signs, then you have Lucic McDavid taking up a large part of the salary cap. Brian, fair point. And I'm glad you're happy. But remember, 5-1 and one is not the same as three Stanley Cups in the last six years. Okay, so Dreisaitl's going to get paid. Fair enough. Everly and Nuge are making $6 million each. Okay, fair enough. Um, but if it comes to the point where the Oilers have to possibly sacrifice a really good player because they've won a Stanley Cup or two, I think we'll all deal with that a little better than 10 years out of the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they're, they're 77 games away from clinching or 76 games away from even being in the playoffs. So let's uh, – Brian, I'm not, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, you know, that, that is – that's getting way ahead of stuff. Let's compare the Oilers that they might have the same, quote-unquote, problems as Chicago. My goodness, that's a ways away. All right, uh, Todd McClellan talking about where the Oilers are at right now we're a growth team I wouldn't consider us a championship team or anything like that right now we're still a growth team we're learning how to do things we're learning how to do it individually and collectively Um, I think players this year I find have accepted roles a little bit more they know they kind of know when their time is going to be you take Lander and and Latestu for example they're patient enough they know when their time is coming and then they get out and they do their jobs and um, instead of getting impatient on the bench, even some of our offensive guys, they know when their time is, and then they hand off the torch a little bit. So we're starting to develop that a bit as well. I liked how he called them a growth team, and I think I might have said this last week. Somebody said to me what, after the Oilers beat the Blues, said, well, are the Oilers a good team? And I said, no, I'm not prepared to call them a good team, but I think they're getting good. 
And again, I think they're better equipped to face a lot of the tests and challenges that are going to come throughout the season. Dave Lomley, Oilers alumni, will get his thoughts on the current team and we'll find out what it was like playing in the alumni game. And has he seriously been using the same skates for 30 years? That's coming up next on Inside Sports. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. So our next Oilers game is Wednesday. The Capitals are in town. That's a 6 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 7.30. We have it all for you right here on 6.30 Chad. Oilers beat the Jets 3-zip yesterday. On Saturday, the Oilers alumni losing on a last-second penalty shot to the uh, Jets alumni and Dave Lumley played in that game for the Oilers alumni. Dave, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing a lot better today than I was yesterday, Reed. Yesterday I was about 100 years old. That's what I felt like. <laughs> and today you're just, what, about 95? <laughs> yeah, I'm crack- I cranked it up. I'm 95 now. <laughs> uh, so what a weekend. So you don't skate a lot then. Is that accurate? <laughs> well, I skated once in about the last six months. Mainly I've got two torn rotator cuffs amongst a bunch of other things wrong with my shoulders, but uh, I took one for the team on, on Saturday. I paid the price for it all weekend. Yeah, I'll say. Well, it was it was fun to watch, even though you might have been struggling through it. I mean, what was it like just to be there? And, and, and I guess you guys didn't just mingle with other alumni members, but with the current players a little bit too. You know what? I think that was the best part of the whole weekend. We, uh, we had a little deal Friday night at this place, and uh, Kevin approached me and Bob Nicholson. He said, Lummer, listen, make sure the guys circulate and, and mingle with the, with the guys on the present team. And I ended up sitting, there was uh, Everly to my left and then McDavid, and to my right was Leon Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse. And we, it was just like, you know, I, I was telling stories, and uh, and I think we came away with them thinking that we're not this, you know, God's gift to the hockey world. We don't think we were just the best thing since sliced bread. We're just a bunch of guys that played the game just like they are. And, and one of the best things is that a bunch of the alumni got up there, but Marty McSorley kind of hit the nail on the head. He says, uh, it's not us and you guys. We're not two separate entities. When you walk into that dressing room, once an oiler, always an oiler, it says. And that's what we are. I mean, we're just we're one big fam organization. And I think it, it, I think it dawned on the guys on the present-day team that, you know, maybe, maybe these guys are right. Because, to be honest, we would be the happiest guys in the world if, if the Oilers could win another Stanley Cup. Win five in six years. That would be totally awesome. And I think they came away from that dinner thinking a little bit different about us. Well, that's interesting you tried to make that connection because let's face it, Dave, a lot of teams say once a blank, always a blank. But, um, you know, the, the, the Stanley Cup teams of the Oilers, um, you know, it's, 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 hard, it's hard to duplicate. And maybe some of the younger players, I don't, I don't want to say they get tired of hearing about it, but it's difficult for them to connect with it. So you put a bit of a human face on it, I guess, is the, is the important thing. Well, the bar was set impossibly high. Like no, nobody's ever going to match that. I don't think. Although with Connor McDavid as the, you know, the linchpin to this team, you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, there was, there, you know, there, we always kind of got the sense that, and I probably would too. The glory years, the good old days. You get sick of hearing like that, stuff like that, and and to have and to be trotting us out like every three or four months. You know, I, I think our 
our legacy is carved in stone, but we don't have to hammer everybody over the head with it every three or four months. So I think that weekend is the last time that we're all going to get together. Right. Tell me a little even bit. The opening, even the opening game, you know, at the new arena this year. Yeah. I thought it would have been great, instead of Bretts and Mets, have Bretts and Conor McDavid to the ceremonial face-off. The, the, you know, the, kind of the passing of the torch thing. I thought that would have been just perfect. Yeah, well, I did. I did like how Gretzky and Messier came out on the ice unannounced, though. I thought that was a nice little touch. They just it was came nice. out, did a lap, and and then got off the ice. Hey, I got to ask you a question though, because I, I watched the alumni game on TV. We did a bit of a uh, a broadcast on on Ched, but mostly I was just watching it on TV. What's the deal with right. you and your skates? Like, you have the same skates you played with in the in the '80s. Is that true, or were you joking around? That, that is true. That is true. The, they're Stanley Cup winning skates. Now, why have you... Why well, the is, I've always liked old equipment. I've never liked like new elbow pads, new shoulder pads, nothing. I hated new sticks. Um, and the skates, like the Oilers have actually given me probably over the years three or four new pairs. But it seems to throw off my dangling ability. So I just... <laughs> if, you, if you believe that one, I don't know. It's, they're Stanley Cup. They're, they're the ones I wore when, when I won my first cup, or second cup. That was in 85, I guess it was. Look, Dave. And I wore them until I retired, and uh, they're pretty moldy inside because I never wore socks, so you can just imagine. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, they must stink. Like, jeez. They're, they're a disease looking for a place to happen right now. That's what they are. <laughs> uh, which which alumni member, either team, or you can pick one from each, impressed you most? I know that some guys still move pretty well. Timo Stolani, I never realized what a big man he was. And uh, that really surprised me. He was out there, and um, we actually Mets gave us a little talking to after the first period. He said, "We got to get somebody out there to watch that Solani. We got to watch that Solani." And uh, and then the coaches kept harping on it, even the, you know, going into the last five or ten minutes. And I was actually on the ice when they tied it up. Solani went down the wing. Well, I did my job. I was watching Solani. That's what they told me. Watch Solani. I didn't bother watching the three open guys behind me, one of whom scored the tying goal. So I think it was just bad coaching. That's all that was. Right. And is Craig Simpson going to take ribbing here until the end of time for the penalty? Well, wasn't that all the plan? It was the plan, wasn't it? <laughs> That's the land he's going to take a penalty shot. Three seconds left. Hometown crowd goes home happy. And away we go. I think it worked out good. The hometown crowd didn't go home happy yesterday as Dave Lonely joins us as uh, the Oilers were able to pick up a 3 nothing victory in the Heritage Classic. And I mean, 5-1, f- you can't argue with that start, Dave. I mean, we've talked about the team before and, and, and the struggles through the last 10 years. Um, how, because look, you're not going to win five out of every six games all season long, but give me your assessment of the team and maybe your level of encouragement that, that maybe there is a step here and, and maybe a le- more of a legit uh, sort of t- season ahead. Yeah, we spoke about this at dinner. How four and one is so much different than starting the season one or four. I mean, it just gives you that confidence that maybe what the coach is telling us is right. And you come to the dressing room, you're all fired up. You know, you just want to get to the rink. Well, when it's one and four, and it's like, oh no, here we go again. Like you just don't even want to go there. But you, now it's you stay late after practice, you play some three-on-three, three, you want to hang out with the guys, you want to be at the rink, and it's just a complete, total change in attitude when you're 4-1, and one, now 5-1. and one. I, I love it. I, there's some surprises there. Pitlick, I love. He's my new favorite guy, Tyler Pitlick. Um, Lucic, at this little deal we had Friday night, he was standing beside Dave Semenko, 
I never thought I'd see anyone make cement look small. That Lucic, he's a freaking brick wall. Holy mackerel, is he ever big? So uh, I think McCall's done a great job. You know, even like, you know, calling off that uh, the day off after that loss to was a Buffalo, I think. Yep. You know, I think it tuned the guys in. Hey, listen, this isn't acceptable anymore. We're, we're, it's time to take a step. And uh, of course, you got Connor McDavid, which is he's just unbelievable. Well, and you mentioned Pitlick, who's a depth guy, and that's been a big part of this. Pitlick, three goals. Letestu, two short-handed goals. I know Cassian's moved up in the lineup, but he was expected to be on the fourth line. He's got a couple goals. So, I mean, that's, I mean, look, teams win with star players, but they also win with, okay, who's going who's gonna to fill out the score sheet with a couple more tonight, right? Absolutely. And I asked Craig McTavish, I said, where does Pitlick come from anyway? But he says, I guess he's, he's been slowed down over the years by injuries. But uh, he's like a dog on a bone out there. I mean, talk about, you know, nonstop motor. I just love the way he plays. And Cam Talbot, I mean, he just looks like, uh, like a grizzled veteran out there. It just seems like nothing phases him now. He looks so calm in net. So, you know, there's a couple of big couple of surprises. But uh, Cam Talbot, that's what they expected of him, and that's what they're getting out of him. Yeah, it's been a fun start to the season, and it's always fun to have you on the show, Dave. I, I know you probably got to take a couple more days here to recover, but thanks for uh, lending your voice here at Inside Sportsman. I hope we can do this again. My pleasure. I'm off to the ice pack and the masseuse right now. There he is, Dave Flobley, trying to recover after playing in the... His ski, he just uses the same skates over and over again. Well, I guess they fit well. Wouldn't want to smell them. Connor McDavid talked about mingling with the alumni at that dinner. It's always a treat playing in front of them. Um, you know, these guys kind of set the bar for what it means to be an oiler, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to try and continue that and, and kind of re- remake that oiler name. And, and um, you know, I think playing for the Oilers, I certainly feel that uh, it's such a family, and, um, you know, along with the alumni, um, you know, we kind of came together and, and um, you know, get to know each other a little bit. You know, we had a good dinner there. Uh, I think it was on Friday night where everyone was kind of mixing and, and mingling, which was always good. So I think that's something that's a little bit need, unique to this team or this organization is, you know, they include the alumni in just about everything. So you know, we've had them around a few times, you know, last year with closing a Rexall and uh, this year with opening Rogers Place and, and now this time. So it's always fun playing in front of them. Coming up to 6.57, we'll go to Chicago after the news. What is the vibe there with the Cubs finally in the World Series? We'll keep you updated on the scores as well. Looks like the Calgary Flames have jumped out in front of Chicago. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.